Good morning. It is K-O-V-E, the Today in the 10 show, the County 10 podcast, and we're all over the place across Fremont County this morning. Uh, my name is Jared Anderson. I'm joined with County 10's meteorologist, Dave Lipson. Dave, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Boy, it's nice and warm out there, isn't it? It is. It's uh, it's feeling better and better, and we decided we want to bring you in often and talk weather. You're always a bunch of fun, but... After that season we just had, we thought we for sure need a full recap of it, Dave. Yeah, and I got to be careful because I think some people want to sack me after all this <laughs> snow forecasting. But anyway, it's not—it's not your call, though. You're just—you're the bearer of bad news. But Dave can't make the weather change. I don't think, at least. No, okay. I haven't figured out how yet. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, it's been quite the winter, and what really distinguishes this winter from others, from other uh, winter seasons, usually. Being on this side of the Continental Divide in Wyoming, we tend to get these bookend winters where we'll get a lot of snow maybe in November, early part of maybe the first half of December. And then we kind of get into this cold, dry period where the weather gets kind of stale. It gets cold. We get caught in a cold temperature inversion. Uh, And we may get, you know, an inch or two of fluff here and there, fluffy snow. Lander might get double that, four or five inches every so often. And then around this time of the year, March and April, we get our other bookend snowstorms, those big, heavy, wet snows that we recently have actually gotten. But what made this year different and uh, has a lot to do with El Nino, we've been getting these uh, extraordinary, and you've probably heard this term uh, throughout the winter, atmospheric rivers. And what it is, it's a pineapple connection, that's what they call it, of uh, this abundant moisture coming in from the Hawaiian Islands. And it's been slamming into California. They've been getting uh, outrageous snow amounts. There's one town in California. uh, I don't remember the exact name of the town. It's something or other springs. I think it's in the Sierras. They got 150 inches of snow in a week. That's like two feet of snow a day. And so a lot of that moisture survived the trek up and over the Continental Divide. And uh, a lot of times with El Nino, a lot of these snowstorms will track to our south. But we've been getting these low-pressure systems that – come in from the west, and with the counterclockwise rotation, a lot of the snow was drawn northeast up and over the cold dome of Erebus, over us, and that's been producing a lot of unusual snow events in the middle of the winter. So basically the way it works around here in the Wind River Basin, as, as, as does in the uh, Upper Green River Basin, and to some extent the Bighorn Basin to our north, When we get into December and January, early February, we have these short days and long nights. So it's very easy to uh, create a a strong temperature inversion. And anyone that's lived here a long time knows what I'm talking about. You know, you'll go up to Casper or maybe Dubois and, and it's warmer, but we stay cold here. And when it snows a lot, in this late December, January, when you wouldn't normally expect a huge amount of snow, the snowpack refrigerates the air, so to speak, and then the cold air keeps the snow around and the snow keeps it cold and round and round you go until you finally break the cycle around late February, the 1st of March. And so we've been getting uh, snow. It'll pile up and it might settle a couple inches but before it gets, before it melts anymore, if, if at all. You'll get more snow on top of that, more snow on top of that. And then the next thing you know, by the middle of winter, you have these hard 
uh, sedimentary layers of snow that are rock hard. And, and it's, as you well know now, very difficult to plow and shovel because it gets very rocky and icy. And so that's why we've been getting um, this uh, cold, snowy winter. It hasn't just been cold. It's been snowy. So I thought what we would do is just go over the main events that occurred during the winter, just uh, to refresh your mind, and you can see how the snowpack kind of increased. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure we want to relive this at this point, but <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's great to recap again. Uh, County 10 meteorologist Dave Lipson, our guest. So going back to like uh, November 5th and 9th, uh, we, November 5th, and it wasn't just uh, the snow, but areas around us have been getting uh, these death-defying winds. <clears throat> and uh, as a bonus for the winter weather. And back on November 5th, uh, the, the Dot weather sensor, they call it the lower red weather sensor, up above Red Canyon on Highway 28 and measured a, a wind gust of 111 miles per hour. So that's noteworthy. We, we need to mention that. And then on November 9th, uh, that was our last day of 60-degree weather. Then we had a cold front come through, and after that, all bets are off for warm weather. We had a strong cold front that day. November uh, 14th, we had a couple inches from a snow shower. That's the reason I mentioned that minor event is because that kind of like, that was the first real covering we had of any snow of any significance. 17th of November, a couple inches in Lander. December 2nd, we had another couple inches. Then it starts to get serious. Uh, on December 12th, we had a snowstorm that gave us a lot of drifting. You might remember that. We had about... Five inches of snow, they actually said no unnecessary travel on Highway 26 northwest of town, something you would normally expect to see up on South Pass. And there were actually a lot of snow drifts right on the road. And uh, by the 13th, uh, we had 13 inches of snow by the time that event was all said and done. Already, December 12th, 13 inches. Then on December 21st, we had that unusual cold front. You probably remember that. Out where I live, northwest of town in Buckhorn Flats, I watched the temperature drop from 28 degrees to 11 degrees in just five minutes. And then I came to town, and the front hadn't gotten here yet. It was 34 degrees. The winds were really strong out of the southwest. Then all of a sudden, they, they, they were blowing out of the north. I drove straight to the causeway over Boysen Reservoir, and uh, without stopping or anything, and it was four below zero when I got there. And that cold front quickly made it to the south. It was a very dramatic, unusual cold front. We had whiteout conditions. You could say we had blizzard conditions. And we had seven to nine inches of snow from that. And it did get down to 20 below zero by later that day. Now, the very next morning, you might remember, we did our hot water tricks. That was December 22nd. The very next morning, all that very cold air dropped our temperature very significantly. It actually got down to 47 below zero in Hudson. And, uh, and, and that's, that's the same morning we did our hot weather tricks right out here at the studio where it was 40 below, could have been colder than that, but that's the day I discovered that uh, my truck thermometer did not ever go below 40 below zero. <laughs> so who knows how cold it actually was. And then uh, let's see. Then came, oh, and December 27th, again, 92-mile-an-hour winds up on Highway 28 and the uh, Lower Red Canyon just a couple days after Christmas. Then, January 1st through 2nd, 
We had a big snow, another one. 13 and a half inches at Buckhorn Flats, where I live, 17 inches in Lander. Uh, I think there was a, about 10 inches in Riverton, I think. And uh, by that time, we had 20 inches on the ground. So there we go. We're, we're setting ourselves up for a cold winter because we already have 20 inches of snow on the ground, and it's January 1st through 2nd that happened. No chance of melting the snow. And it's funny because when you, all it takes is one storm like that in late December, early January, and in a sense, it determines the fate of what the winter's going to be like because it makes it really cold in the basin. Okay, then January 11th, we had another kind of a moderate snow, five to seven inches of snow. It was probably a very powdery snow. And our snow depth was hovering around 18, 19 inches. And on the 5th of January, uh, we got another three inches of snow with a lot of, a lot of drifting. A lot of drifting occurred uh, with that system. Then January 29th, in the middle of the winter, remember we had those frost quakes, kind of like these very minor earthquakes. It was a first for me anyway. And uh, January 30th, uh, another cold wave hit. Hudson, Wyoming, 41 below zero. Same with the 31st of January. Again, the temperature reached 41 below zero in Hudson again. And then uh, February 8th, we had kind of a mini blizzard up around Boysen Dam, but as you got south of Boysen Reservoir, there really wasn't much to talk about. But if you were up there, it might have made an impression on you. Then uh, the 6th of January, we had a, a heavy snowstorm, uh, that was a that was a massive storm. We had a lot of drifting, and uh, nine inches of snow fell in Riverton. Ten inches fell at the airport and at the weather office. And that after that storm came through, the temperature tanked all the way down to 27 below zero at the Riverton airport, and that was February 6. And I think after that storm, that's when we peaked at our uh, highest snow depth. I mean, I heard. Even before the storm hit, we already had six-foot drifts at Lost Wells Butte subdivision. Wow. And then this storm came along with even a couple of more, probably two or three more feet of, of snow drifts. It was incredible. And then, uh, so that was the peak of our snow depth. And then, uh, let's see, f- that was March 6th. If I said February 6th, I meant March 6th. No, no, that was, that was February, that was February 21st. And 22nd, when we had that big, heavy snow, February 21st, 22nd. Okay, then we get into March. We had kind of a quiet period there for a while. Uh, March 22nd, we had four inches of snow east of Jeffrey City. kind of missed us over here. <clears throat> then March 24th through 25th, a bit more recently, and, and probably, <clears throat> excuse me, probably fresher in people's memories now, we had a really heavy snow band set up along... Highway 26, March 24th through 25th. This is probably fresher in uh, everybody's mind around here. Uh, we had a very heavy snow band that set up right <coughs> right along Highway 26 from past Kinnear all the way down to about the top of Griffey Hill mm-hmm. where the weather office and the uh, airport are, and a little bit less so here, right along the highway. And uh, I was driving up the hill, and I saw what was on radar before I left, and it was already snowing and blowing in Riverton. And I knew, man, when I hit the, uh, the those heavier echoes I see on radar aligned with 20, Highway 26 northwest of town, and uh, also just knowing that that area is more exposed, it's going to be wild. Sure enough, I get up there, 
by the weather office and just past there, it right around Paradise Valley Road, just before you peek at the hill, uh, you couldn't see anything. It was just a total whiteout, just like South Pass often is. And uh, there were cars displayed all over the highway. No one was really sure where the proper lane was. And then that heavy snow band kind of, it shifted north toward Midvale. So uh, out of that piece of that storm, areas to the northwest fared very well for uh, abundant snowfall, a little bit less so here in Riverton. And uh, so then on the 25th, it kept on snowing. And we got six inches of accumulation where I live at Buckhorn Flats, a, a bit less, I think, in, uh, in Riverton. But we actually had nine and a half inches of snowfall total, 24th through the 25th of March, um, with that entire event. It's just that on the afternoon of the 25th, now that the sun angle starting to get a little higher, some of that snow melted. So we nine and a half snowfall, six inches accumulated. And then even more recently... Uh, March 30th, uh, Midvale had three inches of snow. We only had a half inch in Riverton. It was kind of a dud here. I don't think anyone cared that it was a dud by that time. (laughs) (laughs) And then by uh, March, or oh, now we're into April 1st, April Fool's Day, 98 mile an hour winds at the lower red uh, weather sensor up on uh, Red Canyon again. And then on the, uh, let's see, the 3rd through the 4th of April, much more recent, uh, Casper had a record-breaking, even though that's not Fremont County, I think we can still address this because it was so f- phenomenal. Nine inches of snow fell at uh, Casper. No, we had nine inches of snow. And Casper had a record-breaking 24-hour period of 34 inches of snow fall. Holy cow. Not all of it accumulated, but that's how much snow they had. They had mm-hmm. roughly two feet that accumulated. Casper Mountain had 60 inches and I can verify that because I was up there on Casper Mountain. This is a couple of days after they opened the road. Uh, I guess it was, let's see, four days after the snow ended, I still measured about 49 inches of snow in a protected area where the snow pack was level in the woods, 49 inches. So they had about six feet of snow up there, 60 inches anyway. And, uh, and South Pass had three to four feet of snow. Sinks Canyon, 26 inches. The Sinks Canyon State Park, 17. And from what I saw, Riverton and Lander both had about nine inches. So that was quite the dump, the dumping of snow. And then I'm sure you remember April 13th through 14th. That was just last Friday. We had a heavy, wet snow. Most areas got four inches. Uh, areas just to the southwest of Shoshone, around the Causeway, B&K Shoreline stopped five inches. The most snow fell up and down along the uh, eight-mile road corridor. They had about six and a half inches there. By the way, all this snow melted very fast, even where they got six and a half inches uh, the very next afternoon. Because of the high sun angle, it was warm and sunny. Now, the, the reason we got that snow on Friday night, that was an interesting uh, scenario. The models were showing a very weak mid-level circulation that was going to track right across the Wind River Basin. And sometimes you, the, these things are easy to miss because the the uh, the gradient, the pressure gradient around these low pressure centers are not very tight. You don't get a lot of wind with these things, but you, if you see a slight circulation that's the models are tracking right across a certain area, you can usually expect some locations 
at least some uh, isolated or localized location around that circular, uh, around that low pressure center circulation to get a good dumping of snow. And we were looking at the forecast models, at least I was, and uh, there's a thing called QPF, model QPF, quantitative precipitation forecast. And I think a good rule of thumb, at least with this system, you just double it because it was showing one to two inches, isolated three inches. Well, we got two to four inches, isolated six. So that's what created our last snow event uh, last Friday night. And uh, it looks like most of that snow is gone. And another interesting thing that I've noticed here, um, with all the snowstorms that I had mentioned throughout the course of the winter, there were a lot of times where areas to the northwest of town got a little bit more. And when that happens several times in a row, you get more of an exaggerated difference in the snow depth. And so anybody that commutes, say, from Midvale, Kinnear, Lost Wells Butte, Buckhorn Flats might have noticed this. It's melting just as fast up there as, as it is in town. It's just there was a little more snow to melt up there. Now, as far as what the rest of the week uh, will give us, it uh, looks like it's going to be kind of cool, a bit unsettled, no real widespread snow event. It's going to be, we're going to be raring to tear today with the warm temperatures, probably to the upper 60s. And then tomorrow, we get that strong cold front moving through. Probably give us some rain showers in the afternoon. Could mix with a few ice, a few snow pellets. And don't be surprised if you hear a clap of thunder for the first time this season. The air mass is going to be fairly unstable with this cold front. And then it'll be kind of cool and blustery the rest of the week. Might get a few snow showers on Thursday with kind of a reinforcing cool front. And then it'll stay cool through uh, Saturday. And maybe by next Sunday, we'll get back into the warm weather. So round and round we go. Uh, we made it through the winter of 2022-23. Yeah, it's going to be a memorable one for sure. Again, uh, breaking it all down, County 10 meteorologist Dave Lipson. You can hear his reports on this station frequently. He does a great job of keeping us up to date on everything uh, happening. Urgent or uh, hopefully we get some milder things and we don't have to worry about all of these storms. This is kind of a dumb question, but how how far in advance before a winter like that can you tell that we're in for a doozy or did it just kind of unfold? Well, strangely enough, the Farmer's Almanac nailed it. And uh, I'm not sure what tools they use. You know, if I, when I was forecasting, um, if, if I was riding the fence, if there was a Farmer's Almanac handy and I didn't know which way to go with the forecast, mm -hmm. that would help. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> anyway, um. People were talking about a severe winter, and I, I believe El Nino was, was ongoing. And typically, El Nino, you, get, you tend to get a lot of active weather in the wintertime, like California, the desert southwest, Colorado. And I'm assuming that was the main driver of the weather. So there had to have been something else that the climatologists were looking at. I'm not exactly sure what. I'm more of a forecaster than a climatologist. Uh, perhaps we could go back and look at some of their old... Uh, uh, reports or forecasts, long-term forecasts. I was just reading last night the ENSO report, and they actually have a an El Nino watch in effect. Uh, I think I believe it goes from May through August. Uh, said not they say nothing about they don't go beyond uh, this August this summer, as far as how it might uh, influence next year's winter. But uh, these long-range forecasters uh, sometimes they nail it, you know, a few months in advance. 
Um, I'm only good for about the, the, the first 10 days. <laughs> uh, as we look ahead, you mentioned this week and what to expect in the near future, but is there any indication what kind of a spring and summer we're in for? Uh, we're supposed to be getting a cool, wet April in general. We'll have some warm days interspersed, which is typical for here. The weather tends to, it nips and tucks. Uh, we like to call this sprinter because it's winter one day, spring the next and uh, we were supposed to have three storm. I had heard through the grapevine we were supposed to have three uh, weather systems lined up for us for April. Well, we've already had, I think, two of them now. Maybe what's happening this week is going to be it. Maybe not. We could get maybe one more. But typically, late April, uh, you can start to really call it spring. But overall, April is supposed to uh, wind up being a little bit wetter and cooler than normal. Mm-hmm. Just on a personal level, the rest of us listening right now, we're rolling our eyes at all the snow piling on. Uh, but from a, meteorolo- a meteorologist standpoint, how excited were you that this winter just kept getting crazier and crazier? Well, we were very excited because, uh, you know, I've been here since uh, 1996, and I've been waiting to uh, to experience a winter like this, ones that I have heard about from many people that occurred, say, back in 1977, 78. So finally got what we wished for. It was very interesting. And uh, I'll have to admit and be honest with you, uh, myself and my meteorological colleagues were very excited about this winter snow. (laughs) Well, at least it made somebody happy. Uh, Dave, anything else you want to add before we say goodbye? I really appreciate the recap. I think that was great for a lot of folks. Oh, you bet. Yeah, I was really happy to do that. Uh, This winter definitely has to uh, go with acknowledgement. So uh, anyway, keep on listening and I'll keep on forecasting. Perfect. He's Dave Libson, County 10 meteorologist. Dave, have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. County 10 meteorologist Dave Lipson. Straight ahead, we're going to play you a few tracks by some local musicians. That's on the way. This is Today in the 10 on KOVE.